All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is all of it. Workers at Whole Foods today are staging a sick out as a way of protesting what group leaders say are unsafe working conditions and inadequate health coverage during the coronavirus pandemic. Of course, it's a stressful and risky time for food industry workers in all sectors. And even in normal times, mental health is a major issue in the high pressure environment of the restaurant industry. Now, with bars and restaurants closed, there's an added anxiety of unemployment. Kat Kinsman, senior editor at Food & Wine, where she hosts the Communal Table podcast and has been at the forefront of confronting these issues with the rest, within the restaurant industry as the founder of the online community Chefs with Issues. She's also the author of the book High Anxiety, as in H-I, Anxiety, Life with a Bad Case of the Nerves, detailing her own experiences with mental health. Her most recent article, titled The Food & Wine Pro Guide to Mental Health and Sobriety Resources, is an extensive list of the services available during this time extended to the food community. And Kat, we're really happy to have you. Welcome. Oh, thanks so much for being willing to talk about this right now. It's more crucial than ever. So you began the latest episode of The Communal Table with Ming Tsai from Ming's in, up in Boston, discussing this difficult moment as a way to understand and process emotions, but to think about it like grief. How has yeah. this idea of grief been helpful in understanding this moment? Oh, my goodness. So I, I was trying to understand why I was not just having an anxious time, but I was feeling all the feelings that I was having. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have access to a great therapist. Her name is Terry Kramer. And she said it's been really helpful to her patients to be able to process this as grief because we are mourning the end of a way of life as, as we know it. I mean, certainly many, many things are going to come back. Um, but for the restaurant industry, we're in such a state of not knowing, confusion, anxiety more so than ever, and we don't know what that's going to to look like moving forward. And so to be able to think of this as the end of, of, of something can really help you move forward and also allow you to have those feelings that you might be have been bottling up this whole time. It's you know, it's it's fine to to cry, it's fine to have whatever the reaction you are, but to be able to put it in that kind of context can be really helpful. So that's dealing with this specific moment, but there are existing issues and concerns in the restaurant industry that have been around for a long time and are just being exacerbated or perhaps revealed to some people by this crisis. What are some of those issues that were around for a long time? Oh, yeah, this has been going on for decades, and it's, a, you know, it's sort of the, the chicken and egg sort of factor of it because people who uh, maybe deal with mental health issues are drawn to the restaurant world because you're not expected to you know, be part of nine-to-five work sitting at a desk or whatever. It's, it's pretty accepting of people from all different walks of life, and that is one of the great and beautiful things about it. But then it also has um, some parts about it that really do exacerbate um, you know, these tendencies. There is easy access to drugs and alcohol. Uh, there are just 
monumental amounts of, of pressure, abuse. Uh, people don't have, people also don't have any, um, any money. People don't make money mm-hmm. in this industry, and especially not right now. And uh, people definitely don't have access to health care. And there was also, for the longest time, this prevailing mentality that you just had to toughen up, shut up and cook. And uh, a lot of this was, was sort of laid bare a couple years ago when, sadly, we lost Anthony Bourdain, and suddenly people were realizing, you know what, I can be the toughest person in the world, and I can still be struggling with this, and maybe it's okay if I start to talk about it. When you wrote your book, High Anxiety, what were some of the conversations you were hoping it would inspire? You know, I am a person who has a lot of privilege. I'm a straight, white, cisgender woman who's, you know, married and has a, you know, a, a job and insurance. And it was scary for me to talk about this. And I thought if I, you know, if I can just help a little bit normalize the conversation around it, maybe it makes it a little bit easier for somebody else who kind of doesn't have that, that safety net. And I wanted people to know that we're, so many of us are, are feeling this, that with each thing I revealed about myself, that, you know, I pick the skin on my thumb until it bleeds or that I'm afraid to leave the house sometimes. All of these, these different things, every single one that I put out into the world, I got somebody else uh, reaching back to me and saying, oh, my gosh, me too. I'm not, maybe I'm not broken. Maybe there's not something just completely damaged and unlovable about me. And to be able to, you know, be one of the you know, people who is normalizing that conversation was really, really important to me. And something I think is important to note, you note all your privilege, but that doesn't that doesn't lessen your anxiety or that you shouldn't be able to have these feelings because so many good things are happening in your world or positive things you have happening. Your feelings are your feelings, and, and they're real. And I think that's important for people to understand in this time, too. Um, what did you find challenging about opening up this community conversation when you first started having these conversations with people? Well, I was... Um, well, first of all, I was overwhelmed by a response from it because that's a lot of people out there who, um, you know, are sort of laying bare their pain, and I wanted to be there for them in a meaningful kind of way, and I had to come up against the limits of my own capabilities here, and because I realized it was sort of taking a toll on my own well-being because, you know, I have this sort of mental accountant that that sort of calculates, like, what good have you done for the world today? And I think a lot of us have that. So uh, the upshot of this, though, was I was able to, you know, form this community of chefs with issues, so it opened a door for people to be able to talk about it amongst themselves. And there are still people who are, you know, reticent and scared, and I still get people who sort of lash back and say, well, why can't you be tougher? Why can't you whatever, whatever? And I have actually found that if somebody comes at me sort of fairly aggressively like that, I try to have a very normal conversation with them. And for the most part, it turns out that they're just frightened themselves, feeling something, and and they're, they're lashing out. And if we can all just kind of look at each other and assume that we're all trying our best, it helps so much. My guest is Kat Kinsman, senior editor at Food and Wine and host of the podcast Communal Table. The name of her book is High Anxiety Life with a Bad Case of nerves. What have you noticed in your various communities, whether it's at chefs with issues or with communal table? What has started to change specifically during this crisis? How have some of these mental health issues started to express themselves in your community? 
Well, I'm especially worried about um, or about people who are in the recovery community. Maybe they are somebody who's had years and years of sobriety. Maybe they are somebody who is realizing through the course of this that possibly they used substances to cope. So, you know, I'm not part of that community myself, and I was sure to be mindful of that. So I reached out to Steve Palmer, who heads up the, the group Ben's Friends, which is an industry-specific group. And uh, and, and it's a, and a bunch of cities started in Charleston, and they usually run in-person meetings. They can't do that, obviously, so they've had to adapt and set up Zoom meetings, uh, both in their individual cities and across the U.S., because as he told me, that uh, isolation is the enemy of, of sobriety and, and good mental health. If you're just there in your own head, this stuff can really, really start to fester, and self-medication can seem like a really good route to take. You know, he also mentioned people with depression. I'm, you know, I deal with that myself, and I realize that my tendency uh, tends to be just not reaching out to people and going within myself. If people are already physically isolated, it's way too easy to emotionally isolate as well, and that's a, that's a real cause for concern. So I'm trying to just put out, you know, say, whether it's something that I, I tweet put on Twitter every day where I tell people to relax their jaw and and drop their shoulders, or put something in one of these message boards and just say, like, you know, what is the thing you're going to take care of, do to take care of yourself today? It's really important to have those little daily touch points that remind you that you were still the person you were before, that this industry might be in trouble right now, but you're still a cook, you're still a bartender, you're still a server, and all those skills remain valid and important. My gosh, I just dropped my strollers when you said that. I realized they were up around yeah. my ears. Oh, That's... my gosh. I, I call it unclench a clock, and I tweet it out <laughs> at random times every day, and it makes me remember to stop hunching up my shoulders, and my teeth are flat at this point, I think, and I don't want them to get worse. So when you, you compiled this list of resources, what did you take into consideration when you were making this, these, this list? We're talking about location, financial accessibility. What went into your decision-making? More than anything, um, financial, uh, because, again, people who work in restaurants don't have any money. I mean, people are sort of pointing to this celebrity chef and that celebrity chef and stuff and saying, like, you have all these millions, and for the most part, they do not. Uh, and if they don't have it, a line cook, an undocumented dishwasher, they do not have these resources either. So I was specifically looking for free or low-cost or community uh, resources that people could tap into, things that are accessible from home. Um, um, so things like these Ben's Friends Zoom meetings, the James Beard Foundation today from 2 to 3 is doing a primer on uh, online resources for addiction recovery. Um, there are, uh, I'm, I'm, I've been updating this basically mm-hmm. as we're speaking and um, adding things that I find. There are uh, different mobilization efforts from around the country that are now national. So um, it's just really, really important to keep that um, you know, in mind that there are free resources. There are, you know, steps that absolutely anybody can take and as much as possible people are trying to um, ensure anonymity for all of this because it's incredibly important to do so at this time. My guest is Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food & Wine. She recently wrote the piece, The Food & Wine Pro Guide to Mental Health and Sobriety Resources. Let's talk about the Lovett Center in, in Houston. How is it offering support and how are they specifically addressing the issue of wellness and mental health in the hospitality industry? Oh my gosh, my jaw pretty much dropped the other day when this popped into my inbox. There, there are these issues that are very specific to hospitality workers because 
you know, you are just, when you are in hospitality, you sacrifice so much of the rest of your life and you're not necessarily around other people who get it in that particular way. Um, so they are offering, um, a, a clinicians uh, lead these groups and they are specifically for people in food and beverage who are maybe, you know, suffering from that lack of routine from that particular kitchen speak that happens. And they're doing through the end of April, they're doing um, 10 per, people per group, the sessions on um, Mondays and Thursdays, and you register online and you can go there and be with people who just get it, who get you, who understand everything that you've given up to be in the culinary industry, of the kind of hours you work, of how your muscles are just twitching right now because you don't, you know, because you're not on the line right now and that's all you've ever known. It's it's really important to be about, around people who understand it. So they're doing quite a quite a great resource right there. Yeah, I think one of the one of the lines that stuck out to me in your piece is that people want to help. Don't oh, assume yeah. that people don't want to help or are too busy with their own stuff. That people yeah. do want to do want to help. Yeah, I mean, I I actually right before all of this hit, I was working on a story called Why Chefs Suck at Asking for Help because <laughs> because they always try to be, you know, tougher than anyone else. They're told that they have to be that you get an injury in the kitchen, you duct tape that together, you cauterize it on the flat top and you keep on cooking. They have been told forever and ever and ever that you cannot show weakness, that it's built on this military system and that you have to remain strong. And to me, the, the greatest lesson that I've learned while I've been you know, public about my mental health issues is that it is showing your vulnerability is the toughest thing you can do. It makes you so strong to be able to show that part of yourself because once somebody does, it opens the door for somebody else to to talk about it. It's just such an important thing. So um, there's a chef in Boston named Karen Akunowitz who has been an incredible voice throughout all of this. And the thing she tells her team, don't be your hero. Get somebody to help you lift that pot. And if we're all just, we all have a giant stock pot, we all have to emotionally raise right now, get another set of hands on there. Nobody's going to judge you right now. There's an organization based out of Sacramento called I Got Your Back, started by uh, Chef Patrick Mulvaney. Why did he start this organization? Oh, that was ri- that was started out of tragedy. Um, he lost so many people. I mean, the, the community lost so many people to suicide in the in the industry um, around uh, you know a couple years ago. And that's that's the great unspoken of the restaurant industry. I mean, the month after I started Chefs with Issues, there were three different chef owner suicides the next month, and I came to realize this happens all the time, and people just don't talk about it because of cultural stigma, because they're trying to protect the family for all different kind of reasons, and he couldn't take it anymore. And so he started this incredible project that he's trying, he's working with state officials to get um, resources in California. But basically people, he has a system through which people are able to quietly speak up and support each other in their restaurants. You can, uh, he, on his website, he he has um, resources for people to reach out to and get emotional help, but um, the system in the restaurant is kind of incredible. At the beginning of, of the staff meeting, people can drop a different color. I don't remember if it's a marble or something like that in the box, and people can tell that somebody there is, is struggling, and there are kind of designated captains for it who anybody can go and talk to, and nobody's going to judge you for it. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, such a, it's a beautiful mutual support thing. I mean, the restaurant industry is has always been really great about taking care of others, and now it's just time for them to take care of themselves. And finally, there's a group called Healthy Hospo. Yeah. 
What are they that, doing? Oh, they're fantastic. They are UK-based, and the founder of that is really public about the fact that he was a, a brand ambassador for a liquor company and got to a really, really dark place um, a few years ago, and he he took that and all the coping skills that he has learned and uh, turned it into a community for people in the UK and also abroad about just mutual support, um, about better... A lot of it is, is sort of physical and mental uh, ways to be about... Um, Improving your sleep, which is incredibly key to uh, to being well in these, you know, incredibly mm-hmm. panicky times. He's he's corralled a ton of resources, and it's just another one of those um, industry solidarity kind of things. And very much includes the beverage world, which I greatly appreciate. Well, I can tell you there are pages and pages of more information. We'll definitely tweet out your article. My guest has been Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food and Wine and host of the podcast Communal Table. Kat, thank you so much for putting together this resource and sharing it with us here on All of It. I really appreciate you being willing to talk about it, and I hope you are well. I'm doing great. If you are listening to this conversation and you feel like you do need to talk to someone, we want to give you this phone number. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.